live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Rudy Pamentuin, public policy Republican from the great state of Nevada. Judith Sherwin, conservative attorney from Chicago, who joins us in studio. And Mike Miller, DePaul University economist, who joins us from Bellingham, Washington. Uh, welcome to our program coming to you tonight from AM560, uh, The Answer in Chicago. That's the Salem radio station in the great city of Chicago. Phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. Obviously, a couple of big political news, as we, news since we've met. Uh, there is the Durham report. We're going to talk about that this evening, the importance of it, whether or not it really does exonerate um, you know, President uh, Trump, as was suggested by the former Attorney General uh, Bob Barr. Also, we're going to be talking about the two major announcements that are coming up next week. And jumping into the race next week is going to be Tim Scott's going to do it on Tuesday, and Ron DeSantis is going to do it, I believe, on Wednesday. So uh, we've been talking about them, and now they will be official candidates in the not-too-distant future. And also, I'll be talking a little bit about a uh, an interesting opportunity that I had this past week, a couple of days ago. Vivek Ramachani, who is seeking the Republican nomination, he is the multi-millionaire tech uh, entrepreneur from uh, uh, Ohio, the state of Ohio. And he was in Chicago for a fundraiser, not a fundraiser, but a, a meet and greet, a town hall. And I had a chance to chat with him, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as the program unfolds. But the debt ceiling issue is also a major problem facing the country. And again, whenever we talk about those issues, we like to invite Mike Miller, who joins us from his home in Bellingham, Washington. Mike, uh, the, the negotiations are, are stalled at the moment. They're waiting for the president to return from Hiroshima, Japan, uh, where he had a held court with the G7 this past week. Um, based on, has anything significantly changed since last week when we talked about this with you? We're not hearing Mike. Mike, we're not hearing you. Uh, better turn your microphone on. And uh, you look good. But for those listening in radio, we're not hearing him. So we're going to go to Judy Sherwood. We're not going to ask you about the debt ceiling. I want to come back. We'll find out what our little technical problem is uh, with uh, with Mike. Um, the debt ceiling is that a big issue? Is is it? Does anybody in your circle talk about that at all? You know, the only people who talk about thanks for asking, Bruce. The only people who really talk about it are people who are worried that McCarthy is just going to cave. As, as has happened so many times before. What does uh, caving mean to you? Caving means he's just going to give in to whatever Biden wants. I mean, and I don't know exactly what that's going to be. You know, I keep hearing about the debt ceiling and that we're going to go into some sort of a, a, uh, a default and this is going to ruin well, the, the economy. Fall, right? Yeah, but I don't really... They're not very explicit about, you know, what does the Republicans mm -hmm. want? What do Republicans want? What do the Democrats want? Right, that, specific, 
It's not in there. Rudy, we go to you, uh, Pam and Twin, and he joins us. Mr. Pam and Twin uh, is, uh, he is the chief of staff for the lieutenant governor of the great state of Nevada, uh, born and raised in Chicago. Rudy, nice to have you on Beyond the Beltway. I understand you used to listen to this program when you were a young boy, so uh, you're a grown man with a good job right now. So welcome to Beyond the Beltway. But from your perspective in Nevada, is that something uh, at, at, at your level of politics that uh, people are worrying about what the Republicans in D.C are doing over the the debt ceiling debate yeah i think there's a i think there's a little worry about it right i mean it's the last couple of years have been cataclysmic when it comes to the economy when families are just trying to put food on the table and gas in their cars you know this whole talk of you know everything's shutting down you know we've been shut down so i think what i think there's some great possibilities here to curb some of this excessive spending that's happening at the federal level and we just hope that the republicans in the house uh, take a, a strong stance in this and really make something happen. I think the American people are, I have proven that they're willing to sacrifice and they're willing to sacrifice further to make sure things are done correctly. But the Democrats have said that the Republicans should be specific about what those cuts are, because obviously whenever there is a cut, somebody's going to bleed somewhere. Mike Miller, are you back with this at the moment? Can you still uh, talk? I sure hope so. Okay, good. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Right, here we go. I want to I ask yeah. you the second question before I ask you the first question. Should the sure. Republicans, uh, should they be or should they have been more specific about what their cuts really mean uh, to the general public? Of course. More information is always better than less information. But understand that the Democrats have provided nothing. The Senate hasn't come up with anything whatsoever. And the president now says, oh, I've presented a plan. I don't know what that plan is other than he's saying that he's not willing to to uh, accept a work requirement and he wants to raise taxes. And he said he's going to cut. He hasn't given anywhere that he wants to cut. And so where's he going to uh, raise taxes? I, I uh, he, he's very vague about it. He talks about people who are tax cheats. I don't know what that even means. These mm -hmm. are people who take advantage through their lawyers and their CPAs who have a fiduciary responsibility to take every possible tax advantage uh, that they can. Right. And uh, they at least they're meeting and talking now. Do you think, do you, gotta, do you gotta, think they're cheats? Go ahead. I mean, literally, uh, no, if someone no. is using all the existing laws in the land, exactly. that doesn't sound like cheating to me. That sounds like being an astute uh, taxpayer. Judy? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, they do have a fiduciary duty to advise their clients. And if the clients want to save on taxes, that's, that's not a, a, a violation of the law. That's following the law to the letter. Mm -hmm. And just because, you know, their taxes may be a little less because they can hire a lawyer doesn't make them a cheat. The cheats that they want to go after, it seems, are the people who, small business people, that kind of looks like where they're going. I don't know what 57,000 IRS agents are supposed to do, but, I mean, they're not going after the small number of billionaires and, uh, you know, trillionaires that we have Rudy, in this to the, country. to the general public of those, uh, uh, you know, 67, whatever the, the number is, 57, 67,000 IRS agents, is, is that an Achilles heel for the Democrats? Is that something that you can go to the polls and, and explain where the, the average voter uh, in Nevada would understand it and maybe be really upset about it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you look at public safety, you know, the Democrats nationally have been talking about defunding the police, giving greater rights to criminals, right? And so 
Meanwhile, most of America wants a stronger police force. They want stronger security measures. And yet that money that could be used for that is being used for, for the IRS. Uh, your average American thinks that's asinine. And, and you know they want things done to benefit the hardworking Americans, not those that live off the system, find shortcuts, and, and the legal migrants that are coming over the borders. Correct. Uh, Matt, no, we're going to we're going to pause for a moment. That was uh, uh, Rudy uh, Pamatuwind, and he is a uh, he is the chief of staff to the lieutenant governor of Nevada. And I'm just thinking with with uh, Mike in Bellingham, Washington, and just Judy and I back here in, in Elk Grove Village in Chicago. I think this is the first time all of our guests have been west of the Mississippi, or two of our guests have been west of the Mississippi. So we'll get the wisdom from the west of Mississippi when we continue. I'm Bruce Dumont, 1-800-723-8289 from border to border and around the world on beyondthebeltway.com. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. If you're talking, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now.
and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago or Elk Grove Village. And uh, Mike Miller, we had a little technical problem with my first question yep. to you, so I'm going to re-ask it. And that is, as you look at where things are right now, um, what is likely to happen in this debate and how how catastrophic would a default be on the country? Well, that's two very important questions. I, I don't think there's... Um, I, I think Mr. Biden, the fact that he's even beginning to uh, negotiate is him moving, which is good. But I, there's just no doubt that the, the amount of spending that is going on is out of control. If this were the pandemic, it would be a different situation. We now have a level of spending as a percent of GDP, which is higher than is, it has been since World War II. And we have a level of revenues that is high as it has been since World War II. And so what we have essentially is uh, we have plenty of revenue. We just have a spending problem. Spending should be not be this high in times which are relatively flush the way they are now. And Mr. Biden, the idea that he needs to raise revenues and change taxes is a preposterous idea. Do we really have a, do we really have millions and millions of dollars of unspent money from COVID? Is that true? Yes. That, uh, that is my understanding. Of course, all that stuff would be budgeted and it would be set aside. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that, and I've, I've tell that to my students, you know, when you have government spending and they say, well, we're going to spend $100 billion. And I ask them, how hard is it to spend $100 billion? Yeah. And it's really, really hard to do, yeah. uh, to do well. One, and there's no surprise in my mind that there's all this money sitting One follow-up question to you. There's been discussion in, in the president's press conference today from Hiroshima, where he actually talked to some reporters, half of whom probably can't speak English, but he spoke to them anyway. That's right. Uh, he brought up the subject of the 14th Amendment. Where does the 14th oh. Amendment and his ability to exercise it uh, come into being, if it does, in your opinion, Mike? Uh, it's in my opinion. I've I've tried to listen to both sides in terms of the legal analysis of it. Uh, Judith would know more than I would. It's my understanding that it is nothing that the president can somehow invoke and all of a sudden override the ability of Congress to uh, be the controller of the purse. Yeah. There is a fundamental misunderstanding. We we even if we were not to raise the debt limit, that does not mean we're going to default. It just means we have a pile of money and we have to decide where we're going to spend it. We could take all the existing money we have and use it to pay the principal and the interest on the debt. And of course, mm -hmm. that means we would have to cut some other spending. But there's no reason just because we hit the debt limit that we're going to have to automatically default. That is that's a myth. It's, okay. it's a silly myth. I want to I want to ask Rudy a question, a political question, because. Uh, whenever there's a, a, a debate like this and the public is watching and it appears that both sides are dragging their feet, I mean, someone, when this thing is done, and we don't know how it's going to be done, someone is going to be perceived by the media or perpetuated by the media as a winner and a loser. As you look at it from a political standpoint right now, is this, and again, we don't know how it ends, but with perception is this something that the Republicans can, can hold up as a victory, or is it going to be a victory for the president? You know, it's all going to be mess about messaging. I mean, right now, when you look at it, 
a lot of us don't know where the Democrats stand, and a lot of us are still wondering where we as Republicans, where we're, we're pushing, right? So I think what's going to happen is the first side that comes out with the talking points, the main talking points on what the messaging will be, that the first one to that is going to win this one. And, you know, I miss the days back in the, uh, the, the Republican revolution under Newt Gingrich. If you remember the contract with America, right. I mean, they outlined 10 priorities. Everything was so simplistic back then. Everything was about messaging and good communications. And if our party can go back to that, we're going to win over the American people. Who is the person who's likely to do that the best and the quickest, Judy? The best of the quickest yeah. is probably Donald Trump. Right. Okay? And and I, I don't see anybody else. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has tried to do precisely that. He has tried to re-inaugurate a similar contract with America. The, the news media will simply not put it out there. They don't put anything out there that they don't want to deal with, okay? There's almost a complete blackout. You want to talk, if this comes down to messaging, mm -hmm. then the Republicans are in serious trouble because the news media will not allow them to message anything, okay? And the only person who can break through that, and basically because of his personality, is Donald Trump. Nobody else can do that. Do you believe, do you believe, uh, with, believe that, Rudy? That Trump yeah, is, I mean, is, you know, the one, one thing... Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that because when you look at, for instance, the, the CNN town hall with President Trump, I mean, he took a lot of very complex issues uh, and, he, and he shrunk them down in very easy spoken words that the American people could understand. Mm -hmm. And his positions are right in line with a lot of the frustrated Americans. And so when it comes to being an effective communicator, there's no question that President Donald Trump is the best one out there right now. As a party leader in Nevada, um, you applaud that appearance? Was that a good appearance for Donald Trump? I thought it was a great one. I mean, you know, you stop and you think, right? And I put myself, I like to put myself in the eyes and the ears of an independent voter. Uh -huh. You very rarely hear positive things or the, the right messaging that's coming out of the former president. And so this CNN town hall gave an opportunity for everyone to hear firsthand where he stands on positions, what he thinks about what's going on in the world, and what he would like to see as an alternative to what we have in the White House right now. And I think he did a great job, and I think um, his poll numbers speak for himself. And so the more he can get out there, the more he can speak directly to the American people, I think we're going to see you know increased poll numbers for him. Right. Judy, were, there thing, were there things that you saw on that debate uh, that, that made you cringe? The only thing that made me cringe was the moderator who clearly okay. was there to try to, you know, undo everything he said. And the harder she tried, the worse it got. But, you know, we I, I think the proof of how well he came across and how well his messaging came across mm -hmm. is the crying and the screaming and the carrying on and the and the exhortations to fire the head of CNN the next day. I mean, these people went crazy. Because I don't know what they thought. You know, you look at this and you say, well, what did you really think was going to happen? I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but whatever they thought was going to happen did not happen. But, he when, he, but, but when, he, when he wouldn't answer the question about who do you want to win the war, the Russians or the Ukrainians? I don't think. I, uh, I, Mike, I want to get your reaction to that. Okay. Was, was there anything in that debate 
that made you think twice like oh my god he should this is this is a statement that he's going to regret saying no there was nothing okay. in particular that, uh, that i would say that that's the case and you know when it comes to the question in ukraine i'm i am uh, i hope that ukraine wins but i do not think this is our fight i think this is europe's fight and one thing I think Republicans have got to embrace is the idea of avoiding unnecessary foreign entanglements. And I think this is a foreign entanglement we need not get involved in as uh, dramatically as we are. In Nevada, uh, Rudy, uh, is there much discussion of whether the Republican Party in the future should be an internationalist party uh, or uh, should it uh, close down and should it become uh, uh, more questioning of foreign invention? I mean, the big three that we're seeing here in Nevada, and I think what's interesting is both parties, when there was this big move to turn Nevada into a later caucus state, into an early presidential primary state, both national parties agree that Nevada best represented the true cross-section of America. And that being said, looking here in our state, you know, the big three that, that I hear everyone talking about, either together or separately, it's about the border, it's about the economy, and it's about public safety. Right. And, and those three areas, Republicans fundamentally are in the right place, and the Democrats are on the wrong side. And I think that if we as a party just focus on those three elements, uh, we can win. Let's not be distracted by the other issues that the Democrats want to distract us on. Let's look at those three issues that fundamentally every American is concerned about. But does the But, but does the... Uh, hospitality and gaming industry in in Nevada um, does that put pressure on both parties because maybe that community that industry they like the idea of labor coming in that works cheap and so they may not they may not want to re be real tough on the border because certainly uh, you've got major unions there the the majority of which are probably uh, Spanish speaking or close to it well I, I I will I will share in that the last couple election cycles the unions uh, they weren't as effective as they normally would be I mean you know you had Democrats that were elected that shut the state down they shut tourism down they shut our state down and you know all those people that knocked on doors they were all unemployed with no sight to be seen as to when they would go back to work you had children of these union workers that were shut out of school forced into failed distance learning I mean there were kids that we're in Starbucks because they didn't have internet access at home or connectivity. And they're in all these different Starbucks or cafes just trying to be able to attend school in this distance learning that had no standards. And so, you know, yeah, unions are strong, but you know what? The practical uh, practicality, you, you have to look and say your average family could not survive and are still dealing with repercussions from being shut down. And it was the far left and the Democrats that did this to all Americans. Right. Judy, we've got about 30 seconds. Go ahead. No, I mean, I agree with everything he said. This is absolutely where we are. And again, the messaging, got to stick to the message, got to get it through, and got to just keep saying it. And if it means going on CNN with the most violent, vicious lefty you can find, you got to keep doing it because you got to get it out there. So that people who aren't, the, you know, your echo chamber are hearing what you have to say. And it's very important for the independents. 
That was Judy Sherwin uh, along this evening with uh, Mike Miller and Rudy Pemigen from uh, the great state of Nevada. 1-800-723-8029 is our telephone number. We've got some calls coming in, and we will hear from them when we continue. Thanks for joining us tonight live from Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Bye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and at this point in our program, we let each of our guests take about 20 seconds and introduce themselves to the audience. And let's start with uh, Mike Miller, who's been a guest on this program. This is your 102nd appearance, is that true? 
Are you still keeping track That's of that? That's exactly Mike? right. Yeah. Okay. We I should, actually do. I keep track put, of that. We should for put one hundred two under yours as a super every time you run. <laughs> but tell everybody yeah, for those that go. have for those that have missed the first hundred and two appearances of you, uh, tell yeah. everybody a little bit about your background and why you're here. Uh, I have a PhD in economics from the University of Pittsburgh in 1980. Uh, I went right from there to DePaul University in downtown Chicago, where I have been on the faculty as an economist uh, teaching macroeconomics for the past 43 years. And I wanted to let you know, Bruce, that as of June 30th, I will be retired from DePaul. And uh, after that long career and... Um, well, so, will you then become professor to, emeritus at that point? Uh, I have asked for that. It, it's something that you do have to request and you have to earn it. But uh, I hope to be considered professor it. emeritus. And, Can our audience help? Can we send a letter to the chancellor or something <laughs> up? This is Chicago. Uh, we can vote. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, and again, I hope can, to find some teaching on the outside, on the on the side out here. So. Well, there's always a place for you here on Beyond the Beltway, and I, I know that that stipend that we send all of our guests will will just uh, send you into a, a retirement. Oh no, oh, he said not. We don't pay our guests. We don't pay our guests. <laughs> no, Judy <you> Sherwin. <laughs> only in airtime. Judy Sherwin, introduce yourself. Give us the the short version. Short version. My name is Judy Sherwin. I've known Bruce for a few years. Uh, I am currently an adjunct professor at Loyola University Law School in Chicago, and I am a lawyer at the firm of Ehrenberg Goldgain in Chicago, and I practice law um, mostly in the healthcare field, but in a variety of litigation settings. Okay. And uh, Rudy uh, uh, Pamantouin also joins us, uh, and I've introduced you as the chief of staff for the lieutenant governor of Nevada, but again, your background and pedigree is in Chicago, so tell everybody about your, your background and how you got to Nevada and how you got your current gig. Oh, yeah. Well, born and raised in Chicago, northwest side. A big fan of you, Bruce. I mean, when I was cutting my teeth, walking my first precincts, you know, we always talked about <laughs> listening to you on Sunday nights, right? Thank you. Um, so, yeah, born and raised in Chicago, uh, been in and out of uh, the private sector and the public sector. I was an appointee for uh, President Bush, 43, um, and then back to Chicago, and then seven years ago moved to the great state of Nevada, where it's a great state that the American dream is still alive and well for anyone that's willing to work hard. So uh, got involved with a few campaigns during the pandemic. And uh, next thing you know, the wonderful Stavros Anthony, who is a great Republican and the current lieutenant governor, asked me to join his administration mm -hmm. as his chief of staff. So we've been we've been having fun and doing a lot of good things, getting our state back open. Okay. We're going to take calls in just a moment, but I want to spend a moment. Tell us a little bit more about Nevada. We, we know, obviously, about Las Vegas, what happens there, stays there. We all know that. But again, Nevada, the, the reason that Nevada is being moved up by the Republicans and Democrats is, as you've said earlier, uh, it, it's probably more of a microcosm of America than the other two early primary states have been for many, many years. So tell us a little bit more about the demographics of the state. And again, you were alluding to uh, uh, maybe the, the, you know, the changing face of, of politics and leadership in the state because it's had a long tradition of, uh, of democratic leadership. Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, you go back to 2008, what you found was when the housing crisis occurred, you had a lot of people around the country losing their homes. 
many of those people ended up picking up and moving here to Nevada, specifically Southern Nevada. And so that was kind of the start of the changes in the demographics here. Since then, we've seen families and young folks move here in large droves as an alternative to the early 80s and 90s where it was a lot of retirees. And so now with the pandemic, you know, when California was shut down, we, we were not completely open, but we had a lot less restrictions. And so, you know, every third of every Californian that moves out of its state ends up in the state of Nevada. And so we've seen our state grow. Um, the Las Vegas Valley here in Southern Nevada, you know, you go back 15 years ago, we're only talking about 300,000 people in the metro area. We're now close to 3 million in such a short oh. period of time. And so the challenges oh. are, are changing, the demographics are changing. And what's unique is the leaders from 28 years ago, 25 years ago, a lot of the same leaders here. So they're seeing a lot of challenges that they've never experienced and they're mm -hmm. open to solutions. Um, and you know, this is a great opportunity for Republicans to take this state back. We were a blue state uh, just the uh, last election cycle. Mm -hmm. We're now considered a purple. We're the we're the only state in the last election cycle where we turned uh, a Democrat governor and a lieutenant governor. Uh, we also took the comptroller uh, position. So in the statewide, we did fairly well. Um, and we're really excited to see what Nevada could do right. to and participate. You lost the, you lost the, the Democrats, the Democrats held the, held the Senate seat just to, yeah, we lost the Senate, it, but there was a lot of effort, a lot of effort. We had a lot of presidential hopefuls actually come and push for our Senate candidate for obvious reasons. It wasn't just about winning mm -hmm. the majority in Senate back last election cycle, but it was also paving the way for the presidentials that are coming up in the now, near future. Also, uh, Obviously, there's there's a lot more African Americans that are that are that have gone to Nevada, but also since this is uh, uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month, uh, what's the what's the growth of that community? Not only where you are in Nevada, but how important of a voting block uh, do they become in a national election? And and which which side has uh, has swayed them the most thus far? That's a great question. What we've seen here in Nevada right now, we're looking at 12% of the voting population is an Asian American and Pacific Islander in origin. And so, you know, what I tell the community is that, you know, in a state where in a statewide outcome, winners or losers, win or lose by, you know, a percentage point, uh, that community can make a big difference. And so, you know, when I talk to Republicans, I say, yeah, it's important to capture the Latino vote. It's important to make a dent with the African-American vote. But you know what? You've got this gigantic Asian-American Pacific Islander community that with a little bit of outreach and effort where they share a lot of the same cultural values as the American traditional values, mm -hmm. that's where we can pick up some votes. Right. I should also mention, as I alluded to earlier in the program, uh, this past week, uh, Vivek Ramachani, who is running for the Republican nomination for president, he was in Chicago, and I am holding up his uh, flyer here. <laughs> and I do that uh, to mention that uh, he was in Chicago talking to primarily a large African-American town hall meeting. And uh, Vivek Ramachani will be a guest next week on Beyond the Beltway. So if you've been watching him on Fox News and even on Meet the Press, uh, next week you'll hear uh, uh, the vision of a, of a tech multimillionaire uh, entrepreneur and uh, of Indian uh, extraction and a Hindu, uh, practicing Hindu. Uh, he will be here next Sunday night, so tune in for that. Let's go to calls right now. Let's go to the great state of Tennessee, which I understand is soon going to have some In-N-Out burgers in your state. Let's go to Stephen. You're on the air. 
Yeah, hi Bruce. I hope you're having a great day today. I, I am. Definitely enjoyed the enjoyed the show today. Thank you. So, I think at this point, Democrats and Republicans have to reach some form of a compromise. Like that, we're kind of at that turning point. I think part of the issue is Republicans want to cut spending, which cutting spending is beneficial in some ways. I think going back to pre-pandemic levels is definitely a good starting position for that. But I think if you cut too deep, you essentially end up with what we had right after Bush's second term, mm-hmm. where Obama comes in. We have all of this fallout that takes place. We have a housing bubble at first, and then you create more pain and suffering than what you had intended. Obama then comes into office, and he makes the Bush tax cuts permanent, something even Bush couldn't pull off with a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Mm -hmm. He couldn't make them permanent. Obama comes in, makes those permanent. We have the bust that happened, and then the American people as a whole have to suffer that loss of revenue from tax cuts. So you have to find meaningful ways to cut and increase spending in certain areas. Now, Steve, let let me ask you this question that I asked our guests early on. Do you want to know what those cuts are? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are Republicans who would love to see cuts. But as they, if they listed what those cuts are, a lot of Republicans would say, whoa, don't, don't cut that program. I mean, how, how specific would you like to see the Republican Party be? Yeah, so it needs to be laser-specific because when you're talking about cutting government programs, you're not talking about affecting a handful of people. You're making significant changes in people's lives in the country, whether it's Social Security, whether it's Medicare, whether it's veterans benefits. Those are specific Mm -hmm. things that you need to say, hey, these specific programs we're not going to touch, but we're going to play with some things around the edges. I'm I'm a Democrat. I vote Democrat. Steve, Judy's got a comment. She wants to weigh in. Judy, go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Um, It's interesting listening to you, Steve. I I mean, I share the fact that we'd like to know more about what they really want to do here. But I think that Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy has been very specific about the fact that he is not planning on cutting uh, uh, Social Security. But Uh, what is he cutting? That's That's my point. I mean... You know, I don't want Social Security oh, yeah. cut either. Right. Okay. So that's, I, I get my check every no. month. That's definitely a no. Okay. It sounds like Medicare oh, is a no. All right. Uh, I don't know because you can't get a specific plan out of any of them. I don't know what Biden wants all this extra money for. What does he want it for? Right, for the, Mike, am I, I mean, am I being yeah. unrealistic, Mike Miller? Am I being unrealistic by wanting to know exactly where things are going to be cut? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, in the sense that what what uh, has been offered is a ten year plan. So where we're going to be in five years, let alone ten years, is okay. an issue. But understand, in many cases, when he, when you hear it's cut, this is a messaging problem. Let's say you have a two percent okay. increase per year. And then I cut it down to one percent. They they report there's a fifty percent cut in spending. I got to I got I got to right. cut you off right there because we've got a break. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine. More calls when we come back from Chicago. 
Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway, and uh, we've got guests this evening from Nevada, Chicago, and Bellingham, Washington. We've also got listeners all over the country. Let's go to Austin, Texas, where Jeannie is listening to us on KLBJ, one of the great talk radio stations in the country. Go ahead, Jeannie. Hi, guys. Uh, Bruce, I just love your show. Thank um, you. I feel like you give us, the people, the, the mic, okay? okay? We don't get the mic. Uh, and I and I've called you before. I'm a musician here in Austin. I'm singing Lady Banana Bread. I've called you many times. Oh yes. Uh, in the past, since 2008, when we had the housing market busted, uh, I am I consider myself a radical liberal. I am a Mexican who is American, 
And um, I will not be voting for Joe Biden. I still feel politically homeless, although I have been keeping up with Mr. Kennedy. And I, I like what he's saying. I like what Marianne Williams is saying, no matter what the other Democrats and people laugh. I don't care. I mm-hmm. think what they're saying is I like it. I like what they're, I feel like they are hearing us. Biden and the Democrats, I don't even, I voted for him. I don't recognize any of them. I feel like they're in denial about, you know, some of us who are struggling. I'm a musician, like I've told you, um, you know, it's really, it's, it's a struggle. The, I, you know, the music industry is a hard business to be in it. I love it. I do it because I love it. It's, I'm not trying to be rich or famous. I want to become a sustainable artist what? and not clean toilets in between. Jeannie, let me ask you this question. As a, as a resident of Austin, Texas, right now, what would you like to see done by the government, either the state government or the city government or the federal government? What, again, right now, based on what's happening at the border now, what do you want to see happen? Uh, you know what? I uh, if I was the president, I would. I, I, if I, I, I'm ignorant on who the kind of rules I could do, but I would do a seven year. I, I would give work visas to the migrants. Um, definitely, um, you know what's that word? It's eluding me. When you're like checking them all out, there's another word for that. When you're really checking who they are and making sure background, they're not, you know, background gangs, checks. That, yeah. that, yes, background checks. And then I give them work visas so they're not in the shadows working and um, they're le- legally paying their bills and legally paying taxes. And after seven years, you know, uh, do a, uh, another word, it's when you do evaluation mm-hmm. where um, this chemo brain, I'm a survivor of stage three breast cancer, by the way. Um, uh, and so um, I think that, you know, give them uh you know, give them their status to be able to be a legal immigrant. Why is this for decades and decades we're still stuck? There's no humanitarian, uh, like, water and food given to a lot of these migrants that are out there. And I get that they're taking over. I get, I don't, I don't like anything that Biden's doing over there. My orcas, he needs to be fired immediately. Right. Um, now, do you like think, big, again, do you, yeah. do you think, however, because the, the most aggressive political figure in the country on this issue has been your governor, Greg Abbott. Now, again, you've identified yourself as a radical liberal Democrat. What do you what grades do you give him for the toughness uh, and the use of the Texas National Guard to stop the flow of uh, migrants? Are you supportive of him or not? I support that, but 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 Bruce, what a joke! Fifteen hundred, and then and then Biden put another fifteen hundred. That is that is ridiculous. There's no way that is going to even do anything there at that border. You know, now, I'm mainly concerned about the humanitarian issue. You know, I, I just think it's really, it's, it's terrible. You know, but now, Vivek, let, in let, me, let me just, let me just add this. Vivek Ramachani, who's going to be a guest next week on this program, he's running in the Republican primary. He wants to put U.S. troops on the border. He's got to find a way to, to, uh, to, to repeal Posse Comitatus, which prohibits uh, law enforcement people in the military from going to the border, but he wants to have U.S. troops on the border. What do you think of that idea? I mean, I thought when they had the reserves, they were, you know, when Governor Abbott did the reserves, that was government troops, but he never put enough. And and they're not, they don't have a plan. All Mm -hmm. these politicians who have brilliant minds 
all the backing. No one can figure this out. Okay. I mean, let's I, go. I, let's I uh, Pat, stay stay on the line. Let, let's go to Rudy. Rudy, we obviously have an exercise caller from uh, uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, but what what do you think of uh, Vivek Ramachani's idea of maybe having troops on the U.S. Mexican border? I think it's a great idea. It's 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 definitely become a national issue, and so we need to get our troops out there. But in addition to it, it's it's not just about what are we going to do to stop it from a party policy standpoint. We need to talk about what we want to do with immigration, right? It's it's easy to say what is not going right and what we don't agree right. with, but we should talk about what we want to do. You know, there's a lot of efficiency issues that we could do to make legal immigration easier. Uh, we could be picky and choosy with folks that we bring into our country. We've got brilliant students from other countries attending our schools right now. There are jobs, American companies that want to offer them jobs for them to stay here, but they're going back to their countries with all that intellect and knowledge from our country. We should be able I to keep them in. And, in. and then finally, we've got investors that want to invest in projects in our country that create American jobs that aren't a national security threat that traditional investors won't invest in. Let's encourage that. So there's a lot of pro-positive things that we could do from an immigration standpoint mm -hmm. that we need to put out there while the same token as aggressively secure our borders. But I, I could tell you a story from what I heard this past week when I was out, uh, you know, uh, on the hustings with Vivek Ramishrani. He was addressing a predominantly black audience uh, in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago. The people in that audience were livid against the immigrants. They, they call or visitor after visitor, questioner after questioner was wondering, why is all this focus going on those who are getting into this country illegally when many African-Americans and many poor people in America were not being taken care of? And they hated the idea of migrants coming to their neighborhood, going into their high schools. So this split between uh, the, the migrants and the African-American community is only going to grow hotter. We're going to talk about that more on the other side of the news. We'll take your call. All of our guests will be back. 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number. 1-800-723-8289 from coast to coast and border to border. This is Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. We will continue with Rudy Pamiton, who joins us from Las Vegas, Nevada. Judy Sherwin, who joins us from two inches from me, and also uh, Mike Miller, who joins us from Bellingham, Washington. They'll all be back with their expertise. We've got callers on the line. We'll hear from them. 1-800-723-8289. Good show tonight. Thanks for joining us. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. 
Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. From Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont continuing with Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much. We're here for another hour. And again, in the next hour, this coming hour, we're going to be talking about uh, Ron DeSantis, who's expected to jump into the presidential uh, primary race uh, this coming week. And uh, also uh, uh, Senator Tim Scott from uh, the great state of South Carolina. There he's, he's jumping in, I guess, on Tuesday. So again, we're going to talk more about the Republican primary field as this hour unfolds. But again, we've got some uh, callers left over from hour number one. And speaking of South Carolina, let's head there now. Sam is listening to us from the great uh, Palmetto State. Go ahead. You're on the air, Sam. Uh, Bruce, yes. I've been saying for over 20 years that illegal immigration is what was going to destroy this country. Uh-huh. And you may be right. There's only two ways. There's only two ways to deal with it. The first is to elect people who will say not one dime is going to be spent on anything until the borders are closed. We can spend $100 billion on Ukraine, and we can't spend $10 billion to secure our own borders. That's a lie. It could easily be done. The second thing is we have public officials who have sworn to uphold the Constitution of this country. They have taken an oath to defend this country. If you're a public official, a wealthy individual, Bill Gates, whoever, just using that as an example, and there's a reason I said that, but I'll just let that go for right now. Uh, And you not only uh, allow, but you encourage an invasion of this country, whether it's the southern border, the northern border, wherever. You should be tried as a traitor. And if found guilty, you should either be in prison or hanged by the neck until dead. Okay. Our forefathers would have already dealt with this issue. Okay, Sam. Thank uh, you for stay, taking my call, Bruce. Stay, stay, uh, okay, thank you very much for your call. I want to go get everybody's quick reaction. Judy Sherwood, um, too tough uh, a position for you? Uh, yeah, too tough a position. I do believe, though, that there are some things going on in this country that we need to pay attention to. The border is one of them. Mm-hmm. And we we have to stop with this regular order business, you know. Things are not regular. Our borders are completely porous. Uh, the lady who called earlier said Mayorkas should be fired. Absolutely, the guy should be fired. Uh, somebody, I guess, uh, uh Green introduced a a resolution to impeach him. That's going to go nowhere. 
Biden's never going to fire him. He's doing exactly what he wants him to do. Right. Uh, but the the uh, the border is a situation. If we get to it later, talk about it. The things outlined in the Durham report. These are things that need to be taken care of. And if they're not taken care of, the country is lost. Well, absolutely of, lost. Uh, one of the other issues, obviously, I want to go to, to Rudy to find out about illegal immigration. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the broadcast. But the other big issue that the Democrats love to talk about is the democracy. And they talk about the MAGA Republicans destroying uh, d- democracy. When when you read or, or read about uh, the Durham report this past week, Rudy, uh, what was your reaction? And is this an issue or an explanation of the Durham report that you think there's people out there that will take a moment to think about it or read about it? Because it's it, it, it sort of exonerates uh, Donald Trump in, in, in many ways. And I'm wondering whether people of the average person on the street in Nevada, uh, you know, is convinced of that or can be convinced of that. I think the net result of the report was was a zero, right? I mean, it, it, it hasn't changed anyone's minds. And, you know, earlier today I was watching, you know, I like to bounce around the different, uh, you know, news channels. Uh-huh. You know, Fox was covering it all day long. CNN, MSNBC, they weren't even talking about it. And so to those that already knew what the results would be, there was no change. And those that didn't believe that there was this, this shadow conspiracy, they'll never believe it. But ultimately, it just it, it, there's, a, there's a big movement right now that we're seeing across America. And the fact of the matter is, Americans don't trust government. It's not just the FBI. It's not just the IRS. Americans as a whole don't trust government and touching on the immigration issue you know it it, it goes back to we're they're seeing billions of dollars being sent to protect the borders of ukraine but nothing is being sent to to secure our borders and it's not just securing the borders but you can see the outcomes of not having securing borders that's impacting not just the border states but everywhere fentanyl mm-hmm. human trafficking the drug cartels uh you know even now in new york city they're taking migrants and they're putting them into the public schools and that's putting the students there in, in danger. chicago right. as well we just got right. done with the yeah, I mean, we just got done with a pandemic where kids couldn't go back to school. Now they can't even go to certain classes because there's migrants. And so Americans are starting to feel that government doesn't care about them. They can't trust government. And so this report that came out, I don't think it's changed any minds. It's maybe secured many people that believe what we mm-hmm. talk about. Um, you know, when we when the Republicans finally do take the majority across the board, we're going to have to do a lot to win back the trust of the American people. And as challengers, we need to remind the American people that we're the party with ideas and solutions. And and we need to push that out moving forward to win. Judy Sherwin, you, you have read the, the Durham report and yes. uh, you're you're not a big fan of the report. Well, I, you know, I'm glad it finally is out there. It only took five years, which is totally ridiculous. But the, the uh, well, maybe not five, but whatever amount of time it took, it should have been out before the last election. It might have done some good, yeah. maybe. I don't know. But the point is, you know, we keep hearing about our democracy. But there to, this, this is not our democracy. People running in across the border without, without any rules, without any, you know, issue, uh, just coming in in droves with this, this guy who's running uh, our border security. This is crazy. This is not our democracy. This is not a democracy, first of all. It's a republic that runs on democratic principles. And it's not 
our democracy. Uh, this is something the founders were hysterical over and didn't want. This is mob rule, but the mob is the mob in Washington. If you go to people on the street and you ask them what they think of having, I don't know, 12 million people come into this country or even several thousand people come into their local high school, Mm -hmm. they will tell you democratically they don't want it. They will vote against it. The people in Washington. That's what I heard uh, on the South Side this week. The people in Washington, that mob. That's their democracy. That's what they want, and they don't care what the rest of us want. Mike Miller, your comment on it. Yeah, you know, I I, I look at it, I, I have, I guess, maybe a slightly different take. I think the reason we see on the left that they don't care about it is because they're the ones who are benefiting from it. They have no principles. If this were the on the other side, if the Republicans had done what, what the uh, what was done to uh, to this Republican president, I would be just as outraged. But what we have is a politically uh, uh, engineered hoax that was, in a sense, endorsed, known by uh, Brennan, the head of the CIA, by the head of the FBI, and they've weaponized both of these uh, institutions against the people. And let's and not I forget, that that I, a- I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but I think it's important to get it out there. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton... Jim Comey, Loretta Lynch, and and God knows who else knew all about this. At the beginning, they knew it was all a lie, and they let it go on for years. Right, and yes. and they and they and they and they use this. They the Democrats love to talk about they want to protect democracy oh. because of January sixth. The reality is they're the ones they're the ones that have really attacked democracy. And I just wish more and more Americans would understand it, appreciate it, and vote accordingly next time around. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. Uh, Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. If you talk they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, They need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. 
For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. We've got a great conversation going this evening, wherever you're listening from coast to coast and border to border. If this is the first time you've ever heard this program, you can hear us on the radio station that you're listening to right now. Also, we are on our Facebook page, uh, every single Sunday night. We're also on YouTube every single Sunday night. And if you go to beyondthebeltway.com, you not only can watch the show wherever you're listening on any computer in the world, but also this is where we archive previous broadcasts. So again, if this is the first time you've heard us, uh, we're coming up to our 43rd anniversary on the air, so you've missed a few shows. But again, if you found us tonight, make sure you don't lose us uh, by next Sunday night. We've got Joy standing by. She is a regular listener and usually has uh, quite a bit to say. She lives in Spokane, Washington. Uh, Joy, uh, nice to have you with us this evening. Thank you. I wasn't going to talk about the debt ceiling, but can I change what I was going to talk about? Sure. <laughs> or do, Well, just listening to this, the thing that's been frustrating me so much is that I think we have become so much more extreme in terms of the media and then in terms of, especially at the federal level, of, of just politics. Um, and I... Um, and I don't know how we can, and maybe your you, your call or your panel has some ideas about it. Um, for example, with um, the germ report, um, I think it, I think it looks awful, and you know, and it's it's embarrassing that our um, government did that. But I think you can go back in history and look at a lot of Republican-led. Um, institutional um, okay. embarrassment as well. Now, that, um, that, that, that's tit for tat, but, but let, let me follow through on this. And again, you're, you're a regular listener, so you may have heard this with your own ears. For the last couple of weeks on this program, when I have brought up the, the fact that, uh, that, that 51 former intelligence officers and, and their leadership signed a letter saying that the information about the laptop involving uh, the president's son was propaganda, was like, likely Russian propaganda. 
Now, every news, major news organization sat on that. They didn't do much to talk about oh, it yeah. in the wake of it. And again, they certainly, totally they certainly killed the idea of, of even bringing up the subject because the New York Post, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch, came out with the story before the election. So you have, in, in fact, there was one report that said like 18% of the Biden voters didn't have this information, and they would have thought twice about you know, voting for Joe Biden had they known this information. So here is a conspiracy involving the government and the news media to shut this story out of the minds and 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 how do you how do you fight against that when you have people now who dismiss the uh the the the, the Durham report they dismiss the report of the inspector general from the department of justice a few years ago who basically had many of the same uh, same, uh, you know, conclusions, and the news media now doesn't want to cover it because they were complicit in it. So they're not letting you know oh, I, all the crap yes. and anti-democratic things that they did. That's that is my great frustration. That you know, I, I'm lucky to have a program every Sunday night that can talk about it. You know, and I hope that Tucker Carlson gets back on the air so he can talk about it again. But this is one of the great crimes in the history of the country. And it involves the conspiracy between the government and big media. And it was when the story broke, and it's going on right now. Because nobody wants to talk about the findings of that. Well, not only that, it's going on with Biden and his finances. They won't talk about that either. Okay. Let's go back to let's go back to Joy. Joy, you had a comment, then we're going to move on. Okay. Well, you know, and I I agree, but on the other hand, we had the weapons of mass destruction. We had still how many millions of people that say the election is illegal. They're not saying that it that we have to look at you know things that went wrong more closely. They're saying that the election of 2020 was illegal, and that's been proven over and over again. I guess. Okay, but but here here in this case, okay, yeah, you you mentioned there's the extremes, and by the way, I agree. You you don't have yes, to yes, you don't, yes. but but again, we don't have to play the game of politics on the extremes. What the what the Republicans did, or the 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 deniers do, and what the others do. You we don't have to play it there. And what I'm just saying is, but there I, is there is there is not a better, more clear cut case right now of government complicity with the assistance of the news media than the Hunter Biden story and the New York Post story. There's no better, and there's no example, there's no better example than these 51 intelligence officers, all of whom were hacks, most of them, Democrat and Republicans. There were Republicans in there as well. Right. Standing up and lying to the American people. They lied to the American people. Media lied to the American people. And here we are now, you know, years later, when we have a we have a government document saying that the the, the abuses of the FBI are, are just disastrous for the future of the FBI, and again they're you know they're they're washing their hands on it, they're wringing their hands on it. I want to get everybody's reaction, Rudy, your reaction to what I had to say and what uh, Joy has been talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, the American people are seeing this consistently, whether it's Elon Musk talking about the FBI coordinating with Twitter, whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop. The American people see this all out there and the abuses of power that's out there. And they're seeing that justice is very one-sided. They see that government is being weaponized to protect those that have power. And, you know, that goes back to why the American people don't trust government. And so how do we beat it when we don't control media, when we don't control all these social media platforms? It goes back to the fundamentals. We need to go out there. We need to talk to our neighbors. We need to talk to each other at our churches, our community groups. We need to just spread the message and encourage each other to vote. And if we do that, we're going to win. Mike Miller, to you and then to Judy. Yeah, sure. Uh, the thing, I've, if I wanted to add one thing to this discussion is that, you know, uh, there was some argument that this is all old stuff, that we already knew that. Well, Judy and, and Rudy and I know this because we follow what happens in the news. But I'm convinced, even with my interaction of very smart uh, liberal friends of mine, we on the right read both our own stuff and we read stuff on the left. The people on the left only read what is on the left. They do not ever hear mm. stories. So mm. that's how a person, these very smart people that you brought on, and I was on with one of those uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and did not know about the uh, Hunter by about the 51 thing. These are very smart people who never get outside of their own bubble. Right. And, you know, the thing to me, I, I think the greatest political uh, junkie website is Real Clear Politics. I mm -hmm. get to see stuff from The Nation and right. Mother Jones and The New Republic. And I read them, maybe not the whole article, but I read some of them to get what are they talking about. You know, John Stuart Mill tells us we should always know the arguments of our adversaries so we can hone our own arguments. Mm -hmm. And I... I think the, that if you were to say to some of the Democrats, give them stuff and say this had to do with Donald Trump, that Donald Trump had this plan to destroy Hillary Rodham Clinton, just make some a little change. I said, well, that's terrible. They should never use the FBI to do that. They would be against it. As soon as they find out, of course, it's to their advantage. Yeah, but Hillary oh, has her okay. fingerprints on it. I, yeah, see, but if I could add one last piece, Joy is the, is the exception. Joy comes on to this show. And she's clearly a liberal, but she listens to the left or to the right. And that's the kind of in, informed citizen that we need. Right. By the way, I just want to mention that Judy's got a comment. Many of the regular Democrats that you hear on this program and have for many, many years, because I always try to present a very balanced presentation, none of them were available for tonight's show because they knew we were going to be talking about the Durham report. None of them were available. That's why we have a Republican panel this evening, and we'll be talking about the future of the Republican Party. But Judy, you had a comment. Yeah, I mean, what is presented in the Durham report is flat-out sedition, okay? It's not traitor, it's not treason, it's sedition. It's, it's the government, a government agency subverting the basic power of the people to elect their own leaders. And that's that's what they did. They they took a completely bogus, uh, made up dossier and and various other tips that they knew were wrong. They knew they were not likely to be true, and they didn't care. They wanted it to be true. They wanted to get Donald Trump because somebody created this major monster who was supposed to be Hitler in in twenty twenty. And so it was perfectly all right to do whatever you had to do, lie, cheat, 
steal. They even wrote an article. If the truth is, most of what's in the Durham report, without the detail, is in the article in Time magazine that they published after the election, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, we got all these groups together and we got rid of Donald Trump." Right. Okay. They are proud of this. They're not ashamed of it. And the rest of the country needs to make them pay for it. By the way, the, 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 the 51 intelligence officers who did what they did prior to the last election in keeping information from the American people and letting Joe Biden go up there and wave away, they, 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 they sculpatory information as far as Joe Biden concerned. I would say that they're lying to the American people as a group, and there were 51 of them, it was as close to the Warren Commission of anything I can remember. Right. You had alleged blue-ribbon government service, intelligence-related people, and political-related people, and they lied to the American people. The Warren Commission lied to the American people, and this group, uh, this gang of 51, they lied as well, and the news media is doing nothing to call them forward for their shame. Shame on them. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. (laughs) Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably... Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations 
as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. We will continue and take some more calls in just a moment. But I do want to talk, since we have three Republicans that are joining us on the panel this evening, I want to get your reaction because uh, next week, uh, Tim Scott from uh, South Carolina and uh, Florida's Governor uh, Ron DeSantis, they are throwing their hat in the ring along with the other Republicans that are already in there. And, uh, Rudy, I want to get your reaction. Uh, you, you are... Uh, well, of those of those new names, of those new names, is Ron DeSantis the one that's getting the most attention in Nevada, or is it primarily still Donald Trump? It's you know it's it's kind of split right now. I mean, Donald Trump he's got a very strong base here in our state, but um, you know the the former uh, senatorial candidate uh, Adam Laxalt and and DeSantis were college roommates, so there's there's a little history there. Okay, uh, and so we could see a lot happening here on the ground for DeSantis. But you know uh, now that we are uh, we went from being a later uh, caucus state to an early primary state, so we're seeing all the presidential helpfuls uh, making trips and, and organizing. The ground here. So it's really exciting here in Nevada when it comes to Republican politics. Do you see any interest at all in any of the other candidates that are out there, whether it's uh, Nikki Haley or uh, uh, Ramesh Rashani uh, that, that's going to be with us next week? Uh, or We're seeing, uh, I'm seeing a lot of movement. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of movement from the Nikki Haley group. Okay. Um, there's a lot of organizing that's happening out here. And, you know, historically, when you look at it, traditionally speaking, when it comes to presidential politics, the early front runners typically aren't the nominees who eventually become president. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it'll be interesting who the who the third and fourth kind of slated candidates are going to be. But Nikki is definitely going to be up there and give uh, give folks the run for the money as we go later into. into how, do, in your opinion, how do you run against Donald Trump without turning off the Trump voters, Rudy? Or is that not possible? Well, I think. I think it's possible. I think Nikki and even Tim Scott, you know, they're focusing on bringing forth new generation of leadership, right? It's it's all about contrast to who Biden is. And right now, you know, people jokingly say we've got an old senile guy at the White House and no one knows who's actually running our country. I think the contrast of having someone younger uh, definitely uh, puts a focus on you know, energy levels and, and mental capabilities. And so I, I think there's a great way of doing it. That, and I think Nikki Haley and the Tim Scotts of the world are doing that. But overall, you have to say, and we all have to agree as Republicans, we've got a great bench of candidates mm -hmm. who are talented, brilliant, hardworking, and amazing. And when you look at each one from a values perspective or where they stand from a policy perspective, 
they're close in line. There's not that much difference, uh, you know, radical difference. Uh, so we've got some great candidates, you know, not just for this election cycle, but for the next couple presidential you, election cycles. I want to ask you and then the other guests as well. Where, where would you put John Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, in that list? Because his, his name pops up, Chris Christie's name pops up, the former governor of New Jersey, who is now a mainstay on the ABC uh, Sunday morning show. Uh, but again, Sununu, uh, at least when I watch, uh, I get a sense from Fox that they're trying to really push Sununu into the race. They'd, they'd like Sununu to be an alternative. What, what, what do you take of either of those two gentlemen as serious contenders with all the others that are already in? Well, I think it's good for the news, right? It'll keep eyes on. And, of course, they've got great name recognition in the early caucus and primary states. But here right. in Nevada, now being an early primary state— uh, most most Republicans who vote in primaries here have never met the people, have never heard the names. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if, if you know, it'll be interesting how things pan out because, you know, it's not just, you know, most people don't realize, but we all notice because we're all in the inside, mm -hmm. right? It's not what the national polls say. It's right. what, e what each individual state. state goes to and in, and in the donors that follow. Yep. Well, I think, I think your state could probably be a pivotal state uh, because... Uh, again, if all these people get in, obviously the Iowa caucus is still going to be important because I don't think anybody has a lock on the Iowa caucus. But if you then next go to New Hampshire, uh, Sununu, if he puts himself in as a favorite son, it almost eliminates New Hampshire as a serious, because I think Sununu would win in his home state. And then you go to South Carolina where you've got Nikki Haley and uh, Tim Scott. And I think they, although they could, they could actually, you know, wash each other. That could be a wash between the two of them and someone else could step in. But then the next, the next big spotlight's going to be out there in, in Nevada. So you may have the clearest, uh, uh, you know, lane for any of these candidates to, to find success. I want to get Judith Sherwin, you have a, of, of those candidates, I want to talk about of the, the, the candidates that, that I've mentioned and the ones that are getting in next week. Uh, are you a big DeSantis fan? No. How come? We're going to turn your microphone on. We didn't hear your no. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I, first of all, I, I don't think that Ron DeSantis has the backbone to stand up to... The national media. I really don't. Okay. He's, he, I mean, look, this is not an easy thing to do. Nope. And we've talked about it all night. The messaging, being able to respond, being able to do on CNN what Donald Trump did last week. I don't see Ron DeSantis being able to do that at all. What about I'm, the others? Um, I don't know that they could do it either. I like Tim Scott a lot. I really do. He's got a great story to tell. Uh, I think he's very articulate. I think he's really an interesting guy. I think he would be a great vice presidential candidate. Uh, I'm not a Nikki Haley fan for a variety of reasons. Why? Um, she never missed a shot to run to a TV camera and proclaim how different she was from Donald Trump when she was in his administration and afterwards. So she's not my favorite. Sununu, I, I don't think anybody's really interested in Sununu, even the people in his own state. I, I think Trump would beat him in his own state. You do? State. Okay, I well, do. that's interesting. And Christy, I mean, uh, again, you know, bitter, unhappy, you know, he, 
he was pushed, if you remember, um, prior to Donald in, in 2012. He was going to be the big savior of the of the Republican He was going Party. to be the bombastic guy he from the East Coast. He was going to be Donald Trump, right? And Donald Trump pushed him out of the way. Well, Donald Trump didn't even push him out of the way. This was yeah. 2012. He made right. a speech at the Republican convention. Yeah. Everybody went to sleep. Okay, right. so yeah. uh, not Christy. I I I think Donald Trump may lose some of these these primaries. Okay, mm-hmm. is, is anything could happen in a primary? He lost them before. He's lost them before. I believe the contested one. I mean, in twenty, he didn't lose right. anything. Right. But, but I think that he is ultimately going to be the winner, and and I think he could beat Biden. I really okay. do. Uh, Mike Miller, give us your assessment of of the the field out there. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I uh, did not support Mr. Trump when he ran in 16, partly because of who he was and his economic policy. By 20, I supported him, and I do not support him going forward. He, uh, what turned me off was a, an offhanded comment he made about uh, that we should be willing to suspend the Constitution so that he could become president again. And I, you just don't muck around with the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And I don't have real strong feelings about the others, but what I would love to see, the only way we're going to get the independence on our side and beat, uh, beat Mr. Biden, whoever the Democrat is, is to embrace traditional conservatism, a strong military, not a woke military. Economic growth, not uh, economic redistribution. Limited government with enumerated powers. Uh, limited foreign uh, engagements. A very controlled border. Uh, and one other thing, uh, meritocracy. I think, and you know who I think is talking about almost all of these things? And it's Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Yes. Um, I don't agree with all of his ideas. But I really think if you wanted somebody who says, what is an American? And he is an American. He's not an Asian American or an Indian American. He's an American. Mm -hmm. He talks about what is an American. He wants a melting pot, not the old melting stew where people become an American, not some kind of uh, hyphenated person within a country. Would you support his Um, his move for, for troops at the border? That's that's one of his more controversial put, yeah, positions. That is controversial, and I'm not a big fan of using the military within the United States. Uh, it's very provocative as well with our our ally Mexico. But I do think that the control must be taken of the border, and if that requires some kind of police mm-hmm. action, uh, as opposed to military action, that's what we have to do. Rudy, a but, question. You know, to, I, I, think, I want to ask Rudy a question. Yeah, Rudy, sure. um, Revic. Uh, Vivek Ramachani is uh, an Indian American, uh, self-made uh, multimillionaire in the tech field. He's a Hindu. Can you see Republicans listening to someone with that background in this campaign season? No, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, I'm a big fan of his. I mean, he's he's a very compelling speaker. He asked the most interesting questions. He has out-of-the-box solutions, and I think that's what we definitely need, especially nowadays. But, again, it goes back to name ID. It goes back to do they know who you are? Have you spent time? And, you know, when you look at middle America and, and those hard-right Republican voters that sit around cafes and diners across some of these primary and caucus states, 
they've never seen or heard from him and he's never stopped by. And so, you know, the handshaking, the flipping the burgers at the grills care still carry a lot in the primary and, mm-hmm. and caucus states. But I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll, let me give you a, a spinner, Bruce. Let, if we want to talk about the Democrats, I don't think, and I've been talking to people about this, I don't think President Biden is going to be the nominee. I think it's oh. going to be Governor Pritzker. Oh, God. Okay, when oh, we come yeah. back, oh, whoa, you have, dro- you have dropped a bombshell. <laughs> you have dropped a bombshell right before we go to a break. But stand by. And by the way, all the things that people mentioned, uh, I saw Vivek Ramachani uh, in person, uh, up close and personal in a campaign appearance in Chicago. Again, a reminder, he will be a guest on Beyond the Beltway next week. And again, part of the interview with him, talking about getting in touch with the folks, it's Vivek in the barber's chair getting a trim while he's doing an interview with yours truly. Back shortly from Chicago. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. 
the drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. We are back on Beyond the Beltway, and right before the break, uh, Rudy Pamatwin, who's a Republican policy guy from Nevada, he threw like a bombshell into the middle of our discussion of Republican politics when you suggested you don't think that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee, but J.B. Pritzker, the very liberal governor of Illinois. So I'll let you make your case. Go ahead, Rudy. You're a native of Illinois, well, so you, you know the politics around here. Exactly. I mean, if you look at the statistics right now, two thirds of hard Democrats don't even want Joe Biden to run again. Right. right? His negative numbers as a president are some of the lowest that, that any president has ever seen. Um, and we know that when it comes to the primary process, when it comes to the Democrats, the superdelegates really call the shots. Right. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I don't think that they want to create a precedence that a sitting president could be contested early on. But there could be a situation that at the actual convention, uh, there could be some changes. But if there are to be changes, the change would have to be in such a way that whoever eventually becomes a nominee, they have the ability to raise a significant amount of money very right. quickly. The only person that could do that is J.B. Pritzker. I agree. And interestingly enough, and interestingly enough, the convention will be in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So those are the those are the factors why uh, I think that ultimately, I think Biden is going to have to step down as we get closer to the convention, and I think the only candidate that could step up is going to be J.B. Pritzker. And don't forget, his sister Penny was Obama's uh, chairman for the campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, she they, they raised quite a bit of money. Um, you know, it just kind of makes sense. And I could see Chicago and the Obamas coming together at the convention and, and you know, excited to get Governor Pritzker uh, onto the main stage. I think you make a you make a very compelling case, and for those around the country, J.B. Pritzker is the governor of Illinois, and he was just uh, reelected uh, last year. Uh, he's been a very liberal governor of Illinois, and he is the heir to the Hyatt Hotel, uh, you know, family. Right. It's his family that owns all of the Hyatt hotels in the world. So he is a uh, he's a multi billionaire. And he has spent a lot of money. All of his campaigns have been basically uh, self-funded. And he has said that he'd be willing to spend more money because he's got more money to spend. So I agree very much with what Rudy had to say. If this turns into a last-minute decision, I think he maybe is the only one that can step up who has a liberal, progressive record and also has the money to fund the campaign. I still find, as a messaging situation... I find it difficult the Democratic nominee would go to their core base and being a billionaire, since they've run against billionaires and rich people for the last 50 years, whether or not they could uh, hold their nose and vote for JB. But again, if there's nobody else out there, Judy, you're shaking your head because you deal with uh, Governor Pritzker as a resident of Illinois. Well, A, I deal with Governor Pritzker and his various state agencies all the time, which is, as far as I can see, most of the time a catastrophe. But that's, that's not my issue. My issue, first of all, I have two words for you. Kamala Harris, what do you do with her? 
if Biden isn't running for president, you just say, oh, sorry, Kamala, we're going to put you, I don't know, in the U.N., we're going to give you a Congressional Medal of Honor and send you back to California. I don't think they could do that. Okay, and and I want to get, I want to get. Uh, that's very good. I want to get Rudy's response and also Mike's response. What what about that very uh, ticklish political situation that Governor uh, Pritzker uh, would have to push the vice president aside? And uh, Joe Biden is seems to be sticking with her, and he's certainly not going to run with her. That's not going to happen. Go, go ahead. Well, and that, that's why I think this is all going to happen in the eleventh hour. I mean, let's look. Let's also look at the fact that Feinstein in California, she's getting ready for retirement, right? Uh, so there, there could be deals that could be done. And it, I, let's put it this way: I wouldn't put it past uh, Kamala to take a deal. Uh, to take the easy path to take a deal to secure her position in in political history. He might, but, but her there's supporters? no, there's Are you no way. Go ahead, Judy. What did Judy say? I think I said her supporters. I, are you kidding me? They, they, they will not take that. I want to get Mike's response. Mike, go ahead. Well, uh, I think JB is a an authoritarian. We'd have to use that against him. It, uh, the way he has run uh, the state of Illinois, I don't think he is of uh, presidential timber. I agree with Judy that uh, something has to be done about Kamala Harris. Uh, she is. I think even more dangerous than Joe Biden, I although I don't know who's running the government behind Agreed. Joe Biden. I'm just not convinced it is him. And I used to like Joe in a certain way. I, I, I feel sorry for him now. Uh, my, I watched my mother-in-law go through dementia and so forth. And he, the poor man is suffering and he doesn't even, I swear he doesn't even know it. Right. And um, Here's so I, I think that the Democrats want power. And JB, if if they threw Kamala over for JB uh, Pritzker, I think that a lot of people would simply walk away and not vote, and there would be a very good chance then that a reasonable Republican could easily walk in and become president. But even me, an let, unreasonable Republican. Let right? me let me ask, I don't know. Let me let me ask this question. Sort of politics one oh one. When Democrats have been running for office and for whatever reason, they die in the middle of their campaign. Politics 101 has frequently said that person's widow becomes the candidate. And in many cases, that widow is elected. Jill now, Biden question, for well, president? I, I'm, I'm, I'm laying out that political 101. I, every, we've got to get a quick response from everybody. Rudy, to you first on that possibility. Uh, I think it would be tough for, for, for his wife to do that. I mean, I think if people were looking at alternative, people would look at Michelle Obama. But I think I don't think she would want to do it. I think it's going to I think J.B. is going to is going to be the one. Judy, your response. No, Politics I, I, 101. I, now, remember, no, that's what I, happened. I'm not saying I you want know, J.B. to be president. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's one thing to do it with with Mrs. Dingle from Michigan. I don't think you can do it on a national level with Joe, a level with Joe Biden. It, it doesn't. Mike Miller, last word to you. Yeah, that'd be, of course, as a Republican, I'd really love to see it because I think that would raise a probability of, like, you know, a Republican would be elected. Okay. Dr. So you Joe. You're not buying the sympathy. And that's coming to Dr. Mike. On that, on that note, Mike Miller, thanks to you. Judy Sherwin, thanks for joining us in studio. And uh, Rudy Pematuin, uh, Rudy, it's your maiden voyage on our program. You did a terrific job. Thank you very much. Our thanks to Fritz Goldman for their assistance in the production of this program. Don't forget, Vivek Ramachani will be a guest on Beyond the Beltway 
next Sunday night. That's our Memorial Day show. Uh, it's a week from tonight. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. All Purdue right. University, Take a top-10 public holiday. university, took its innovative thinking to a Take new care, level everyone. when it created Purdue University Bye-bye. Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hergaris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. If you talk to me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, hey, hear you. you can do it.